Christians forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the testimonies. We thank you for this building. We thank you for our freedom to worship you and praise you, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, for this evening that you've given to us once again to be able to learn more about you, about your will and your ways for us, about your character, Lord God, and about us and about our need, our great need for you. Father, we ask now that you guide and bless us as you speak to us, each and every believer in this building, Lord God. May your Holy Spirit impress upon them your message that you want for them in their lives. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, hinder us from hearing your voice tonight. We commit this evening to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 So, uh, let's review, right? So, some of you, we've been... We've, you've been with me this whole time. We've been tackling uh, the journey in the book of Ephesians. Some of you, this is your first time here. So we'll try to, try to bring you up, uh, up to speed, so to speak. Uh, so chapters 1 and 3. So what we read here is, is Paul's ending of his prayer. So he's a very prayerful man, right? So his first prayer recorded in the book of Ephesians was in chapter 1. So again, he prays again. Right? We've been studying his prayer, and this is now his doxology, his benediction, his praise to the Lord. And that is what we're going to unpack tonight. Uh, I, I know I'm going to be parking a lot more on verse 20 and then ending on verse 21. But the first three chapters, if you remember uh, when we did the introduction for the book, is, is, it's about God. It's about who we are how much God values us, and it's about our position in Him. We, we spoke about we are saved by grace, right? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. We spoke about Him, God choosing us, about the doctrine of election. Right? We spoke about all these things, and we spoke before this one. Paul discussed about the unity between Jews and Gentiles. That was an impossibility during his time. So this is how he ends that, his prayer, by his, him saying, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Now, God hears all our prayers. Amen? Amen. Now it depends on, on his answer. It depends on him, how he will answer it. Correct? Whether we like it or not, sometimes his answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's wait. Sometimes it says, are you out of your mind? <laughs> there is this story about the hunter who was, um, uh, no, let's make him a hiker. <laughs> there was a hiker hiking in Tahoe. And then he was, um, he was way over his time, way over his limit. And then he sees a bear. The bear starts charging at him. There's this hiker is a believer. I think he's a member of uh, First Baptist. So he starts running. Starts running. Bear starts charging, growling. And then the first Baptist, true Baptist guy, he said, Lord, make this bear a Christian. And then to his surprise, the bear stops, stops running and gets down on his knees. So the hiker looks, and he can see the bear mumbling. And then this Christian starts walking closely to the bear as he can hear him talking he was asking for forgiveness 
Lord, forgive me for all of my sins that I've committed. And oh, Lord, I thank you for the food that I'm about to eat. <laughs> God answers all our prayers, right? He answered his prayer. He wanted him to be a Christian. He didn't ask him to rescue him. Bring me back to Sparks, Lord. Take me out of this situation. Anyway, <laughs> you're so gracious on that one. <laughs> so Paul... Paul ends his prayer in a doxology. But let's, let's, let's imagine again Paul's situation when he wrote this. How can someone who is in prison, how can someone who is in prison for his faith in the Lord, right, with all the trials that he's going through or he's been through, still take his time, his free, free time, a little bit of his free time, to write to a church and remind them of God's power, exceeding power. You would, you would think, I would think that Paul is, has probably repeatedly asked for prayer, has prayed to God saying, Lord, help me get me out of this situation. I would probably pray that. I don't know if Paul prayed it. But I'm assuming everybody that has have been captured wants back, we want our freedom back, Correct. Yeah, some of you, most of us, the whole world, we were all put on a house arrest. Some of you, depending on what party you believe in or what news you listen to, you probably don't agree with that. But we were all put on a mandatory house arrest. We were all impeded of our freedom to not do certain things that we usually and normally do. All right? And one important thing, hopefully, for Christians was we were told to stop congregating, to meet in person. Now, our church council then uh, was on an almost 50-50 vote, voted to not meet at all. There were some votes to say, let's continue to meet. But see, God is the one that controls everything. Amen. God is the one that controls everything, and God is powerful. That is what we're going to be discussing a, a, large, a large part of tonight, is to remind us how powerful God is. But for some odd reason, most believers don't think, believe, the believers, we think that God can save us from our sins. Amen? Amen. But God can save us and protect us from COVID. Right? God can, can save us and take us to eternal life. After this life, God will take us, uh, bring us with Him and live, live a, a, a nice a life that we can never even imagine. God can do that for us. God can, can forgive the sins that we committed before, during, and after. We believe in all of that, but God can't possibly protect us from COVID. Or God can possibly protect us from the dangers that we are so afraid of. You name it. You put whatever blank, whatever that thing is that's been scaring you to move forward for the Lord. To move forward in obedience for Him. But again, bring yourself back to where Paul was when he wrote this letter. And when he wrote these words in his prayer. But Paul truly knew who Jesus is. Because Jesus reminded us. Reminded us in John 16 33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace 
In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. When God finally revealed to me and this church back in 2015, now, let me, before I finish what I'm, I wrote here, time and time again, we, because a church family is a family, right? We're a family. Some of you don't believe it, but we are. From time to time, we have to talk about the things in the past that has that's been hurtful, sometimes ugly. We follow the example of the Bible. Because if you have read the Bible, there's not a lot of nice stories there, right? There's a lot of ugly stories there, accounts. And we as a church, we also have our ugly past. So back in 2015, uh, when God finally revealed to me that He was going to call me to become the pastor of this church, um, I struggled with it. And for those of you who were with us during that time, I'm pretty sure you struggled with it then, that I was the one that God chose, and you're struggling with it now. <laughs> for those who... Because every time when we are faced with God's will for us, Something happens. For those of you who have been faced with God's will, what happens? There is a crisis of belief, right? It's, we've studied it in, in Experiencing God with Henry Blackaby. The crisis of belief happens because God's will for us is most of the time, most of the time, larger than life. It's an impossibility. We're going to say, are you serious, Lord? Are you truly calling me? To do that, right? There's there's the example of 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 Paul, right? When 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 Ananias, the Ananias was called to go to Saul, and pray, Ananias said, "Lord, do you not know who that man is?" Right? But then he said, "Go, for this is the man that I've chosen to share the gospel to the Gentiles." Whenever we're, whenever we're faced with God's will, it's always going to sh shake us to the core. So, when, we, when I was called, it shook me to the core. Not only do I have to live a life of a pastor, where I, when, when I'm looking at my, our pastor, our pastor then, Pastor Julius, he had a rough life, you know. And, and Pastor Charles, they have a, you know, rough meaning not to the standards of the world, Right? What's the standards of the world? What do I mean? They're not living a lavish life, which is what I was programmed to believe that how my life should be. What's lavish? Lavish in money. Lavish with the material things. Pastor Julius, for a year and a half, I think, lived, lived in, uh, with Pastor, Drew, Pastor Charles and Pastor Tito Nancy's uh, house. right? And he lived there by himself until Tito Gina moved here. So he... And then his, his daughter actually said that my dad loves the struggle. He loves to struggle in life. Because in Georgia, Pastor Drew has had, and Tita Gina had a very beautiful house that they chose to leave because God called him to start a church here in Reno. So whenever God calls us to move, Right? Whenever God calls us to move to His will, there's always a crisis of belief. It always pushes us out of our comfort zone. 
Same with Paul. If you think about Paul, he was a Pharisee. He was, he, and then if, in one of the accounts, he says there that he's a Roman citizen. If you did not know, to, to be a Roman citizen back then, you have to purchase that with a lot of money. So meaning, Paul had the money to spend to become a Roman citizen. So when you read in Philippians, when Paul said, I know what is to have a lot, what it is to have a lot, and I know what it is to have with little, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, not only do I have to live a life of a pastor, where you're, all eyes are on you, right? You're, you're going to be a goldfish, right? And they think it's cute. Oh, cute. How cute. Right? Their, their eyes are on you. Now, if you, you have to live your life consistently. You have to live what you preach. You have, you have to do what you preach, right? You have to give up and surrender many things that you've been used to, used to do. And even the good things, not just the bad things, the good things, like working. Because <laughs> I work, I had a business, and I told Pastor Julius, I go, Pastor Julius, I'm, I'm a businessman, I'm not a pastor. Call someone else. He's like, well, we'll find out. We'll find out what God's will is. And I said, Lord, call someone else. Right? Even the good things, even working, for providing for my family was going to be changed. It was going to be impeded. All have to be adjusted when God calls us for the missionaries that are now called, you guys are responding. A lot about your normal life is going to be changed. A lot about your money is going to be changed too. You're going to be working there. Nobody's going to pay you. God's going to pay you. You're not going to see it next Thursday. Right? There's a lot of changes, even good things to spend time with your family. What the world sees as good when God calls you, those are going to be taken. When Abraham was, was asked to sacrifice Isaac, oh, you bring that up now, everybody's going to say, well, you know what? Close that church down. They're making child sacrifices. For us, if we were told, go sacrifice your son, which God will never do, go sacrifice Alonzo in the mountain of uh, Rattlesnake Mountain. <laughs> Tie him up. I'll be like, Lord, have you seen his size? I don't think. I think he'll tie me up. But see, God brings us to those points. When God calls us, it changes a lot about the things, right? But then, how can Paul say to him who can do all things abundantly? Because he knows what Jesus said in this life. You will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Paul's peace and Paul's life did not depend on his circumstance. Paul's meaning in his life did not depend on the accolades or the applause of people or the recognition of people. Paul's freedom did not mean he was supposed to be out of that, that prison. Paul's freedom meant that he was free from sin. Paul's happiness was to please his Lord Jesus. Paul's meaning in life is to do God's will for him, whether it's in prison or not. So a lot of, a lot, a lot of us, we still need to come into that place. We still have to reconcile what we think our lives should be 
and what God is telling us how it should be. In order for us to truly mean and express the same way that Paul expressed, saying God is powerful, He can do all things, He everything that, that I have is from Him, He has blessed me tremendously. Because for you, a, the blessing is finances. For you, blessing is being married. For you, blessing is the success of your children. For you is everything that the world has said for it to be. It's not what God has told you to do. Now, what's a doxology? Uh, doxology is a brief formula for expressing praise or glory to God. Doxologies generally contain two elements. An ascription of praise to God, usually referred to in third person, and an expression of His infinite nature. The title of our message is X Factor. The X factor for every believer to live a faithful and meaningful life in this world is not of our faithfulness, is not of our willingness, it's not about our obedience, it's about who God is. That's the X factor. Now we struggle with this though. We struggle in, in, in thinking we struggle in coming to church when it's a warm weather. Let me just get it out there. I've been thinking about it. <laughs> there's, there's a struggle in thinking that God can be all things for us. There's a huge struggle. Why? Because we live in a world and in a society that is completely and utterly against God's will. Everything becomes important on a Sunday. Think about it. Super Bowl Sunday. Why on a Sunday? And then they took Thursday. Yeah, right? Amen. I think he said amen. Right? It is, why, why, every, why does everything hap, has to happen on a Sunday? Because the enemy w doesn't want us to praise God. Now, that's the enemy and that's the world. We cannot blame them. We cannot blame them because they don't know any better. But us Christians, we are to be blamed if we fall into the trap of, I have to do chores on a Sunday. Or I signed up for overtime on Sunday because I need to pay the bill. You need to pay the bill, but you need to praise God first who helps you get that job and keeps you healthy to do that job. So where, where's the honoring there? For God, right? So how can you really put God and praise God in a, in a benediction like, everything that I have is from God. We always say that. We always say that. Oh, hey, nice house. Praise God. Okay, you coming to church tomorrow? Maybe not. No. no. Hey, your, your, your congratulations on your wedding anniversary. Oh, praise God. If without God, I would have been separated with him or with her. Are you coming to church Sunday? No. Right? Praise God. Uh, everything that I have is from Him. I praise Him. But on the Sunday that you're supposed to praise Him, you're not there. Now I get it. I get it. You know, we want it to be fun, right? We want church to be fun. You know, we're still waiting for, for, for the praise team to come up with some, you know, fireworks here, right? When Mikey goes, Rudun, Rudun, 
right? And then lights will just flickering lights, right? We're waiting for smoke screens to come up, right? Now I'm exaggerating, of course, but that's what people want. They want church to be fun because they saw it somewhere or they thought like, hi, oh, you know. So you know what? If it's the message, go find a um, church that will speak the message in a clear and concise way for you. If it's the church body, go ask God to find that church body for you to where you should belong because you need to belong to a body so you can grow. Correct? Now we here at FICF, don't get us wrong, we're not trying to add to the number so that we can report at NBC on next, uh, next year and say, we have 200 members and 20 baptisms. No. We're here according to God's will as he planted this church for the, you know, the Filipino International Christians who wants to belong here. That's what we do. That's why we're here. That's why we exist, to know Christ, to become like Him, to make Him known. Right? But there's a struggle there. We struggle to praise God with our lives, especially when circumstances does not fall in our favor. We praise God when things are good, silently, and with our lips, but we don't praise God with our lives when it's challenged. When it's challenged. 2 Corinthians here, it reads, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded, pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why... For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Missionaries, those of you who were called and will be responding to the calling, you will struggle there. You guys just went to Texas and you were still in the States, but you struggled, right? Because <laughs> you missed a meal. <laughs> You were sleeping with someone who was snoring loud, right? Or you were the one who was snoring loud. So I don't know it yet because I've been in the field myself, but I heard stories. So there's no point of sugarcoating that the, the field will be easy. It pays for you to know that it will be difficult, just like Jesus, right? In this life, you will have trouble. In this life, you will have trouble. So in the missionaries, you will have trouble. When I took the calling, when I took the calling, when I finally said, yes, Lord, okay, I'll do your calling, I'll respond to your calling, what happened? Before, during that, that one sad evening business meeting, there was a division. Now, if you're embarrassed, why am I sharing it? There's people around. We're a family. Let the guests know who we are, Okay. Let the people know who we truly are. We are fallen creatures. Without the grace of God, we're fallen creatures. And time and time again, we forget that. And our selfishness comes out, right? And it overpowers God's grace, and we act on our sinful nature. So there was a division. And then I start wondering, Lord, did you really call me? 
Because if you called me, why would this happen? And then I joined the uh, pastor's conference. And then guess what? The, the testimonies of many pastors there, maybe five, they came from church divisions. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my people. I'm not, uh, I guess it was pretty normal. You know, church division does happen. But whenever we respond to God's calling, when we're living the life that God has told us to live, challenges will arise. For some odd reason, somebody said, and it became popular, that when you accept Christ, your life will be of no problems. Especially in this country, right? Oh, you're a Christian? Your life will finally be blessed. Translation, you will be rich, you will be healthy, and you will be plenty. Right? But maybe we're reading a different version. Because Christianity is not a life of, not a bed of roses, right? It's not a playground. It's a battleground. So knowing all of that, and Paul going through all of his problems, how can he still say, how can he still say this? To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. So the English language for the, the Greek, the original Greek, word for abundant is not enough to truly describe what Paul was trying to say. Because in Greek, the original language of abundant means this. Not just quality, but also quantity. Meaning, if you needed money, you will not only get the great amount of money, but the great quality of money. So Paul is saying, because he was lost for words. Paul was lost for words to, to praise who God is. So he, see, he used, he used the word that he can use at that time, abundant. Exceedingly abundantly. He, him who is able to do. Again, you bring yourself back to where he was. How can he say that? How can he still say that? That God is able to do anything that He wants to exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. While he, his situation was, he was facing death. I'm pretty sure he knew that, okay, I'm about to go. Why? Because Paul's heart and eyes and mind are focused on Jesus. That was the only way. And why are we, then we ask ourselves, right? Because this, this is how I study. When I study and I read about someone who's written down there, and I ask myself, how come I don't do that? How come I don't say that? How, how, how come me? If Paul's eyes and heart and soul and all of us, his entire being was for Jesus, he could care less if they chop his head off today. He will still praise God and he will still say, God can do all things. Anything that I ask of him. Now one thing that we need to be, again, be reminded of is Paul, other than his heart, mind, and soul being focused on Jesus, was he was very prayerful. He was very prayerful. 
Now, if there's a lack of life in your spiritual life, it's because you are not connecting with God in your prayer life. Because He is the vine, we are the branches. If we remain in Him and He in us, we will bear much fruit. And apart from Him, we can do nothing. So how can we be in Him with the vine if we're not praying? So believer, how's your prayer life? Now don't tell me about your unbeliever friend who doesn't pray. You know what? I saw this joke. They said, your mama's so ugly. Satan saw her. He started praying. So Satan doesn't pray, right? <laughs> Satan doesn't pray, but us believers, we need to be prayerful. We need to be prayerful. That's the only way. With all the struggles that we have, we need to be praying to Him. In order for us to be above all that we ask, right? God said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened for you. So how's, again, there's, there's just, the X factor for Paul is because his entire being is connected to God. His focus is God. And he's prayerful. And he's prayerful. Now what does God has to say about these whole, all these things? Now, in order for us to follow, we have to continue to read the word in its complete counsel. We just don't read from the New Testament. We also read from the Old Testament. We just don't study the, the, the letters of Paul to the church. We also study the rest of the Bible that God has provided for us. Right? And one thing that I want to share is, is the powerful. The, the, the Greek word for pro, uh, powerful is Dolomai, not, not dolomi, but dolomai, <laughs> root word, meaning this is where we got the word dynamite. Imagine, dynamite. This is to be able or to have power, whether by virtue of one's ability and resources, to be able to do something because of its nature. Now, our faith in God can only be true and successful, meaning to be seen in fruition, if God is true. Right? Our faith in Him can only be true if He is true. Meaning, our faith in Him is that, oh, He will rescue me from, the, from my sins and He will bring me to heaven. That can only be true if God is true. Correct? Everything that I ask from God, so long as it is, it is His will, He will provide for me. That can only be true if God is powerful. Amen? So, you look at that, you think about that, you think about Paul's mindset, and then we have judges. We have, again, Gideon. Gideon here was challenged, right? God called him in verse 12. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And then he... Because Gideon is very honest to himself. He says, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Right? Us Christians, when we're saying, my God is powerful. 
And then challenges happen in our lives, and then that challenge rattles us to our core, and then we say, I don't know if God's really powerful, because if He is, why are all these things happening? Why are all these challenges, all of a sudden, now that, that I became so intimate with Him, why did all these challenges suddenly appear in my life? It's just like the Israelites, when they stepped out of Egypt, right, and they were journeying in the desert, and then they got hungry, what did they say? Well, it was better in Egypt. It was better in Egypt. We were eating meat in Egypt that they stole, right? They stole it because they weren't allowed to have it. They stole it, and then they said it was better there. You know, sometimes us Christians, we say that. We might not say those exact words, but we say it in a different way. Oh, if only I weren't a Christian, I would have popped him straight in the face already or knocked his teeth out. Right? We, we want to go back because a challenge happened, right? A challenge happened and we want to go back there. And we forget that God has already rescued us from that, right? So he resisted, right? And then what verse am I here? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. Why? Because God called him to rescue the Israelites from the hand of the Midianites. But then Gideon said, Why me? Right? He says, he says here, He said, Please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? In verse 15, Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the youngest in my father's house. When God calls us, we are quick to look at ourselves, which is, which is human nature. Why me? I'm inconsistent. I haven't walked faithfully. Why me? I have other plans. <laughs> right? But, he, but then look at what God's response is to him. He says here, go in the strength you have and deliver Israel from the power of the median. Am I not sending you? And then verse 16, after Gideon resisted, he said, but I will be with you. But I will be with you. See, the X factor for Gideon, the X factor for Paul, the X factor for us believers now is God himself. The reason why our prayers are powerful, because God is powerful. If God wasn't real, our prayers would be stupid. There's, it's a stupid exercise. Because nobody's listening, and nobody's going to answer. But if God is real, and He is, and if God is powerful, and He is, and if God told us that we, if we ask, it will be given to us, then the question to us now is, why are we not asking? And then the next question is, what are we asking for? Remember? Again, the responses of God is, yes, no, maybe, and are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me, Joe? Up to now you're asking for that? Are you kidding me? So, when, 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 when you think about Gideon, you, the credit, not the credit, but the glory does not go to Gideon or even the 300 men that beat the 145,000 Midianites. 450 Midianites versus one Israelite was the ratio. 
Now, the 300 men weren't like the SWAT or the Marine Recon, you know, or the selected warriors. No. They were simple people. Because God wanted full glory. God wanted full glory. So now tell me, because we live in 2021, God has changed His mind that He wants, He's okay now to share the glory with you and me for us to walk in this life faithfully and all the way to heaven. He needs our help. Does He need our help now? Or does He want all the glory? He wants all the glory. That's why for those of you who have not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is what you're telling God. Lord, I recognize that you sent your son to die on the cross for the sins of the world. But I also know that I still need to add to that. If your faith tells you that you need to do good works to keep your salvation, then your faith is saying God's work on the cross isn't enough. Because it is. It is. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, what did you think he meant? It is finished for this year, but next year you guys are going to have to add something. It is finished for this generation, but the next generation, you're on your own. So it's the same thing with Christians who believe that they can lose their salvation. Right? <laughs> Imagine you say, this grace has saved me. But then if I don't walk this life perfectly, I might lose it. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you earned it? Because in order for you to keep it, you must have done something for it. And then when you stop doing it, then you lost it. So when Jesus said it is finished, it is paid for, it meant it is paid for until you charge another thing on that? No. So... The, Whenever we're called, there's challenges. And whenever we're, there's challenges, we question ourselves. But then God reminds us it's all Him. Correct? So the, 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 story, the, the, the story that we shared there, and most of us can, we, we know it. The obvious is, after that division six years ago, right, we're still here. Amen? And not because our praise and worship team got better, although they did. Okay? Not because our media team Gave, it gave birth to our media team, although it did. Not because we added more chairs, although we did. Not because we re re reconfigured the, the, the design, the floor plan, although we did. It has nothing to do with anything that we have done here other than God sustaining us as a church. Amen? We lost members then, but God has added members throughout the years. Which reminds me of the words of our founding pastor, Julius Aquino, during that harrowing Sunday when he said, This church will not fall because of one man, because this church is God's church. Amen. Now, folks, are you God's person? Do you belong to Jesus Christ? And if, you, if your answer is amen, what is his promise in Philippians 1.6? He who started the work in you is faithful to accomplish the work. 
He will complete it. He is the one that will complete it. Again, the X factor is Jesus. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are asked to think according to the power that works in us. The power that works in us created the heavens and the earth just by saying it. Right? In the beginning, God. Right? If you can believe that God created all things, you can believe a lot of things. Now we're not saying, I'm not promoting name it, claim it. Right? I always make fun of it. I never promote it. But look at what D.L. Moody said. If God is your partner, make your plans big. If God is your partner, make your plans big. D.L. Moody, he only has a fifth grade education. And his first job was, you know, he was a farmer. He grew up in the farm and then he moved out and he became... A shoe, uh, he worked at his uncle's shoe, shoe store and became a shoe salesman. But from there, God saved him. And then from there, he worked at the YMCA. He started his own Sunday school at the YMCA. And when that Sunday school grew, it became a church. And then D.L. Moody had ended up having a, a school under his name. And this, you know, these words, he said this in his deathbed to his children. These were one of his last words to his children. He turned to his children and he said, If God is your partner, make your plans big. Why? Because God is powerful, folks. God is powerful. I don't know what you're going through. Some of you I do. But I don't know what, you're what challenges you're going through. But you have to know that if you belong to the family of God, our God can do all things. Our God can do all things. The problem is we ask amiss when we're praying so that we can spend it in our own self-sinful desires. That's what it said in James. This church, after the division, we went into prayer. Alone, individually, and together. Man, those were the prayer times. Huh, Pastor Charles? We sang those hymns with tears. Great. <laughs> Where is this church going to go? All right, some of you were praying for the other guy to come back. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, let them return, Lord. Because we thought that's what's going to solve things, right? We forgot that it was God. We, we forgot. When challenges happen, we forget how powerful God is because the wind's too strong, right? The waves are too high. And when we've been beaten so much, right? You know, have you been jumped before? <laughs> have you been beaten before? Not willingly, okay? Have you been beaten before unwillingly? You know, I, when I was beat up before, when I was jumped before, it, it, would hap it happened... It happened where we had exams coming. So I have to tell you, I wasn't thinking about my math test during that time. Because all I could feel was the punches on my face and the kicks towards my body. You know, sometimes when we're going through trouble, trouble and problems, we forget who God is because it's too painful at times. We do. 
if somebody gets sick with COVID, all we can think about is, oh man, it's COVID. I'm sick with COVID. I think I'm going to die. Right? When we're, we're in our finances, we have a financial reversal. All we can think of is like, where can I get the next job? Maybe I need to get three jobs when there's financial trouble. When our children are, are, are running away from God, all we could think of is maybe I need to move to another state, take him away from his friends or her friends. We, we think of our own solution because the, the, the trouble is just too much. And then we forget who God is. Even though we say prayers, but we don't mean it, right? And, and God said, God said in, the, in his word that if we ask but that we don't believe, we will not receive it. He will not honor that. Remember that the, one of the, the stories when he healed the blind man? He goes, Lord, if you can. Or, or, or the, the, the father of the, the, the son that was being demon-possessed. Lord, if you can, please heal my son. And Jesus said, if I can? If I can? Now, folks, if you belong to the body of Christ, if you belong to the family of the Lord, you have to know that even your challenges in Romans 8.28 is for God's glory, right? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, those who are called according to His purpose. Even our troubles, even our trials are for God's glory. And why would I end with that? Because here on verse 21 reads, To Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations above forever and ever. Amen. As believers, our lives must change from glorifying and satisfying ourselves, from gratifying our old sinful nature, it should change from that to glorifying God. Glorifying Him with our lives. Our lives should be lived for Him. The applause should not matter or the lack of applause. The lack of recognition should no longer matter. Because at the end of the day, the one person that we truly want to please and, and His applause is the one that we truly just want is Jesus' applause. Remember when Stephen was being stoned to death, right? And then he said, I see the Son of God standing. Stephen got a standing ovation from Jesus Christ. Because after he said the words, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Same words that Jesus uttered when he was being crucified. Now, Paul ends his doxology with this and his prayer for the Ephesian church and he points out the real bottom line of it all. That everything that we do must be for the glory of God and Him alone. Amen? Amen. 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 I think that's amen. It's like, alright, let's close it, Pastor. Close it. Bring it home, Pastor. One more. <laughs> I wasn't even playing. Hey! You know? <laughs> Here we go. Remember the story of Shadrach, Bishak, and Abednego, right? Again, Shadrach, Bishak, and Abednego did not have any training to 
or we're not wearing fire-resistant clothing, right? Did not, they did not go through how to not burn when thrown into furnace, nine-week training course. They did not go through that. They resisted the edict of the king that is against God's will, and they made it out of the furnace. Why? Because they were faithful? In a way, you could say. But we're about Christians now. If we're faithful, if we're not going to surrender to the, the idols of, let's say, the governor, where well, I'm not going to kneel down to your... And then they throw us into our, the furnace. Are we going to burn? Possibly. Did that make us not because our faith lacked? No. At the end of the day, it's again because God is powerful. Right? And then look at the end. Nebuchadnezzar told the rest of Babylon that everybody needs to be praising the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All the glory and honor be yours forever and ever. Amen. We should live our lives not to glorify ourselves, but to glorify God. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight. I thank you for your people, Lord God, and their patience. Father, I pray now for wisdom for them. I pray that they will be able to apply all the truths that you have revealed to them. They are now charged with these things. And I pray, Father, that you will empower them to live an obedient life, Lord God, that is glorifying to your name and that is magnifying you and taking you to the people that you will be bringing across their way, Lord God, that they will be just glorifying you, not just with their lips, but with their lives. We ask this in your son's mighty name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Let's all rise for the closing.